1: ron miles is one of the finest trumpeters in jazz today he went to denver's east high studied music at the university of denver and is coordinator of jazz studies at metropolitan state university he's featured playing cornet on joshua Redman's still dreaming which is grammy nominated this is the brett saunders podcast my favorite musician in the world ron miles
0: Brett, man, it's so great to get a chance to talk to you. I'd heard you were doing this podcast. We talked. Uh, I think we were at at uh, a show with um, who was it? It was Dan Weiss, right? And Stair Baby.
1: Dan Weiss, a great drummer and those the incredible keyboardists. He had Craig Taborne in his band.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And uh,
1: who's the other? Who's the other keyboardist? Uh, Matt Mitchell.
0: Matt Mitchell. That guy's great. Oh man, he's been on so many great recordings, and, and just yeah, fantastic musician.
1: Anyway, it's great to have you on, uh, Professor Ron Miles, and there's so much to talk about, but I thought it would be fun to have you on because you are part of a nomination for Grammy for Jazz Album of the Year, which is the Still Dreaming album with uh, the great tenor saxophonist Joshua Redman, and and you are co build on this record. So if Joshua wins the Grammy, will you receive a statuette as well?
0: That I don't know. I, I know that we were, we're all listed as nominees. Cause I, you know, I got a, uh, an email from the Grammy committee saying that I had a ticket waiting for me if I was going to go uh-huh. to sit in the nominee section. So uh, I'm not sure whether we all get one, that would be pretty dope. But, but I think that more than anything, I mean, this is a real, we, we, we love Joshua. Everyone in the band does. And so his father being in that, that seminal band, old and new dreams, um, the connection that he has with his music is, is, is more profound than any of us. The rest of us are fans or students of people, but but he is connected at the deepest possible level.
1: Right, and this Still Dreaming album is something of an homage to a band called Old and New Dreams, which was, like you mentioned, a band that uh, featured Dewey Redmond, who was Joshua Redmond's dad, and that music was a spiritual tribute, if you will, to Ornette Coleman and this puts you in kind of the don cherry role
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i i love don's music so much i mean um and and i listened to old that's probably the first time i ever heard don was in on the album playing by old and new dreams and um and then i really got deep into ornette and and then I, then, I, then I really didn't listen to Don so much. I mean, I, I would listen to Ornette solos like over and over and over again. I would make it through the whole song a, a lot of times to get to Don's solos. But, but when I started to really investigate his playing and his solo playing Complete Communion and, and 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 some of these other fantastic records, the duo record with Ed Blackwell, he became a major influence on my, on my Music.
1: There's a track on this album called New Year, and it really sounds like a vintage Atlantic Records Ornette Coleman recording from the early 1960s. Don't you think?
0: Oh, well, you know, it, it's really kind of wild to say, but I, I haven't heard the record. I, <laughs> um, I, I, um, but I, I had shingles when we did the record. I didn't, I didn't know that I had shingles. I knew I felt really bad and i i came home after the recording and went to the doctor and they said yeah you, you have shingles and uh, so um so i was i was kind of a little out of out of sorts during the record but but i uh, so going back and listening to it i'm not quite ready to investigate it quite yet but people have <laughs> told me it sounds really good so I'm, I'm happy about that uh, it was it's, kind of a blur.
1: It, It's a great record and and <laughs> there's no way to know you know it's funny you and i talk occasionally we're friends uh-huh. Yeah. And we're I'm a, we're about the same age mm-hmm. and it it's worth mentioning that you know a couple of years ago we were talking and and you had been ill and I asked yeah. you what was up and you said well it's just like a middle-aged thing and now I'm getting those things like <laughs> a couple of months ago I reached back for something and I pulled a muscle Oh. And it's it's like what is where does this what is this all about?
0: Right, this I, is... I've done this every day for my whole life, and now all of a sudden, it's like about <laughs> to be bodily harm. So, yeah, yeah, this this, this turning this, this turning fifty sucks, Ron. Oh my goodness, I know. Hey man, I've already just decided I'm sixty. I'm really fifty five, but I'm just grounding up from this point on. <laughs> so, so I don't have to worry about birthdays for the next five years. I'm just. 60. <laughs>
1: But, so anyway, you made this magnificent record, it's nominated for a Grammy, you were ill, and you literally have not heard this milestone in your life, and, you know, instead of giving you a hard time, I will observe the fact that you are constantly on the move, you're constantly working.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, when you're you're doing recordings and stuff, too, this one not so much, because I didn't really participate in the mix, you know, you do the mixing, and you do the putting songs in order, so by the time it comes out, it's like, man, I don't want to hear this thing, <laughs> you know, for, for quite a while, but, but but you know, but that's the, the idea, I love getting records, I must tell you, I still go to Twist and Shout, and, and a, a consumer of, of music and, and vinyl and digital formats, and I, I love listening to records, yeah, just my, my own stuff, I don't really go back and, and revisit too much. I
1: think that's true of a lot of great artists, like, I know that Charlie Parker did not like to ever hear his records, that he didn't like them at all
0: well, well i'm sure glad he made him that's for, sure. <laughs> that's for sure
1: hey we were talking a little bit about ornette coleman uh, ron miles is my guest professor ron miles uh, who lives here in colorado on the podcast we were talking about ornette coleman is ornette one of those artists because i listen to him all the time his music this sounds pretentious but it flows through me all of the time is he one of the artists you tell your students to listen to and, and how do you how do you get your students uh, if they come to you out of a rock background or uh, or hip hop rap background? How do you get them to listen to some of this more, uh, for lack of a better word, esoteric sound?
0: Well, you know, we 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 do. We consider. I mean, I, I teach a jazz history class, so really we think of the of you know there being you know Louis Armstrong and Charlie Parker and Ornette Coleman is right up there with those folks. I mean and Martin Williams called him the most profound revolutionary in the music since Parker. And I I, I can't dispute that. Um, And and I think that actually when when students come who are not necessarily jazz heads to the music, they find Ornette's music to be easier to get into than, say, someone like Charles Mingus with Eric Dolphy, actually. Because they they don't necessarily think about form. That was Ornette's great revolutionary thing, right? That you can sing your song after you play the melody without regard to a preset form. You could make up a form right on the spot, and so for people who aren't listen, usually listening for that, it sounds swinging it sounds tuneful, it sounds bluesy it's you know it's his music is very, very melodic, and so he's one of the people that that that, that students gravitate towards the most, and then of course, the idea that the whole jam band aesthetic really comes from him. the idea that you could go out and jam that you could just make up some songs right on the spot is 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 out of right out of him. So Grateful Dead and all these bands that follow really uh, point to him as as a godfather of their approach.
1: Are you familiar with uh, Ornette playing with the Grateful Dead? Have you heard those recordings?
0: Well, I have Virgin Beauty, which I know that Jerry Garcia plays on. And, but I don't have any of the recordings of Ornette playing with the Dead. I just have Jerry playing with, you know, in Ornette's context. Have you Have you heard that stuff?
1: I have heard them, and I mean, Ornette is so many light years ahead of
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Grateful Dead trying to keep up with him. It just doesn't It doesn't match.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I think I mean I must say I love what I love what Jerry adds to, to to that record uh, that, that 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 he's on. So um, yeah, and I think that's the thing too is that Ornette had great it's not just ornette you know obviously it's you know the charlie hayden had to be able to hear where ornette was that ed blackwell had to hear where he was all the the, the 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 sophistication and genius of all those players is is really really something with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky
1: in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Now, we're recording this in January of 2019, and in the next week or so, you are headed to perform at the Kennedy Center.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to get a chance to play with uh, with Jason and Bill and Brian. And, and unfortunately, Thomas can't make this one, but Scott Colley from from Still Dreaming is going to uh, play in the bass chair. And so we're, we're all just happy to play because we've never officially played as a quintet um, since making the I Am A Man record. So this will be we'll play at Duke the day before we play at the Kennedy Center. And that'll be the very first time that we'll have played live.
1: You know, I really enjoyed your music for as long as you've been putting out records. I remember getting a hold of a record called Witness and then you made a record called My Cruel Heart, but this record I Am a Man that you put this out a couple of years ago. Uh it's a it's a masterpiece. I mean, it's 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 emotionally affecting. It's it's exploratory. It's it's a beautiful record.
0: Well, thank you. I mean, I feel so blessed. I mean, these are my some of my favorite people who've ever played their instruments. I mean, not like just living players, just I mean, Bill's my favorite guitarist that's ever lived, you know, and, and Brian and Jason and Thomas. So so to get a chance to make the music and, and have everybody, because I, I really didn't know what it would sound like if we hadn't played together. And to have everyone just come together and and make this kind of collective sound, which was beyond my imagination, was is a real joy. And it looks like we're going to get to make another recording. So. I'm excited about that possibility. Maybe later in the year.
1: I'm excited about that possibility. When you say Bill, uh, for our listeners, you're talking about Bill Frizzell, who actually grew up here in Colorado as well. Did you, yes. kind of look up to him because he's just a generation bumped up from you?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he's really like I think that he like he would look to to Dewey and those guys as a generation before him. I think we looked up to Bill as one of those folks. I mean, he's as influential as anybody of his generation. I mean, you can't hear a guitarist who doesn't have a little bit of him um, in their playing. Um, and he is just one of the singular artists. And you hear one note, it's like hearing Billie Holiday or Miles Davis. It's just like, oh, obviously it's Bill Frizzell, you know. And um, and I didn't know him when he lived here, even though we both went to East High School kind of, you know, 10 years apart or whatever. But, um, but I would certainly made me feel like there was a chance when I read that he was from Denver as well. And hopefully that's kind of what, you know, we were able to do for the, that generation that followed up like Rudy and Nate Woolley and Tia and, and these, and these great folks. And of course Tia is also up for a great, right?
1: That's right. Colorado is uh, hyper represented for the jazz album of the year this year.
0: That is for sure. And she's just playing, just, just playing her tail off. And so, so hopefully we, we were able to do that. And now I see these kids coming to Metro who are huge fans of Rudy and Rush Mahanthappa and all these folks that came out of Colorado the generation after us?
1: Yeah, it's great that you mentioned Rudresh too. You went to East High School. It seems like a disproportionate number of phenomenally talented and intelligent, forward-thinking individuals came through East High School. Can you isolate why that is true?
0: Well, I think that. It's still a really desired school to go to for when the teachers are really, really great. And and East High School, I think, through its history has kind of cut across um, kind of economic and, and racial um, divisions that, that that Park Hill and that, that area of Denver has, has been a very, very progressive thinking place. And so I think the kids that go there and the teachers they hire and the aesthetic that they promote has... Um, has been very helpful for people kind of coming up. And I felt like I was able to find a place where I was, I was tolerated and celebrated for being an individual, I think, there. And that's really, really important.
1: You grew up in Denver. You were born in Indianapolis. You grew up in Denver. Uh, and you have, you have chosen to stay here for a lot of great reasons. You're uh, a professor at uh, Metro State. You have your family here. Are there drawbacks, though, to being an artist of your stature and remaining in Denver? I mean, I would imagine that New York would be a pretty lucrative place for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes, I mean, because, you know, dates in New York don't necessarily you know, pay, like, like huge tours. And, and so if you have a gig in New York, flying somebody in from Colorado and getting an expensive hotel and all that stuff can be a little bit daunting. And, and, I, and I still recommend sometimes to folks that, hey— you know, really, you should just get somebody there for for this particular performance. But but I also have have gone out there to play with friends whose music I really believe in, and and said, hey, I know you don't have enough for a hotel, so just get me out there, and I'll just stay up at the airport after the gig and get on the first plane to come home. You know, tie my <laughs> tie my horn around my ankles and just sit there. And, and, and uh, so I've done that plenty of times as well, but. But the the world is so close that that I I think now that that people will find you if you're you're doing something interesting, because there's never that many people write for any gig. And so the key is, I think, and I tell young folks here all the time, is that when somebody asks you if you have something to say, have something to say. So let's get it together right now, because they're going to ask you at some point. So, So you can still be found out here.
1: A lot of people here in Colorado and around the world seek you out for advice and your your knowledge as an educator and as an artist. And like I mentioned, I listen to your music all the time, Ron Miles. Who do you listen to right now? Who's inspiring you?
0: And you know, in the last little bit, I'm trying to think what about most recently. I've I've been going through Kendrick Lamar's catalog greatly. I mean, I I, I think that that. Three records he's done, and, and most recently, "Good uh, Good Kid," and, and uh, Simple Butterfly," and "Damn" are are truly, truly great, great works. Um, I've been list- I listen to Wayne Shorter all the time, and he's also, of course, dominated. And I must say, this is probably not politically correct to say, but I think we all want Wayne to win. <laughs> so, <laughs> as much as we'd like to win, we all owe him so much, and I feel so blessed that we live. We can say we lived at a time when this man was making music because he is, he is unbelievable. I still go back to my my heroes, Bjork and Prince, a lot mm-hmm. and, and find great stuff in their music. And um, and Ingrid Laubrook's new record with Nate Woolley and Chris Davis and Mary Halverson yeah. off the charts. So so this, this is a, a beautiful time to be uh, taking in music.
1: It's not the most lucrative time, I would imagine, but of course it's never really been that lucrative nah, for, for jazz musicians unless you were Miles Davis.
0: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that there has always been that rare person who gets to be a jazz star, and of course, Miles Davis is just you know, one of the greatest figures of music of any style at any time, so if if he couldn't be a star, then nobody deserves to be one, so we're, we're happy he was able to do it. and. and and, you know, and there, there is kind of jazz celebrities. I think, I think of Joshua as one, Bill as one, Brian, who kind of have a very, very high profile in the jazz um, arena. And somebody like me, you know, I, I look at myself as kind of, um, you know, I, I look at myself as a, as, a real, as a chamber musician, as somebody who, um, even though I play a horn, I, I try and have the mindset of a rhythm section player. So um, I don't know that people would necessarily not come to a concert if there was a sub for me, you know, but but I think that the musicians on the stage value what, what I can bring uh, to the music and, and, and listeners do, too. So, so I, I'm appreciative of that. And, and, and that's what I just try and do, just try and make the music sound as good as possible, whether that's listening intently or playing a note here or there. Whatever it needs, that's what I'm down for.
1: Professor Ron Miles from Metro State, and like I said at the beginning, my favorite living musician. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for everything that you do, and and don't be ill anymore. This is
0: you too, uh, my man. We gotta we gotta keep this thing going. Let's, you, let's, let's be out there because we we what you do for this music community is is so important, and I, I always look forward to reading what you have to say. So God bless you, and have a great 2019.
1: You too, Ron Miles, and uh, good luck with that Grammy. Who knows?
0: Hey, who knows? Who knows? Well, either way, whoever wins, I love everybody on that on that list. So it's great to be even mentioned at the same
1: time. You've been listening to the Brett Saunders Podcast with Ron Miles. Listen to past episodes with Neil Young, Mumford & Sons, David Byrne, John Hickenlooper, and more. On demand at KBCO.com, on your iHeartRadio app, or download from iTunes.